0: Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to partypoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. All right, everyone, we have got another special podcast guest today. We got Mr. Andy Milanakis in the house. Andy, how are you? What's up, man? I'm chilling. I love it, bro. I love I love that you are. I just feel like you're everywhere. I've you know a long time you've been in the business. You've been you've been doing a lot of different things. So I, I guess you have a poker tie. You like poker. I know you, I met you actually at a Twitch event. Uh, mm-hmm. tell us, before we dive back into the history of Annie Milanakis and sort of how you uh, you know all the things you do, tell me a little bit about your your fixation with poker. How did you get into poker?
1: I got into poker before the whole online was it was it black monday or what what, what was it black friday it was black it was it was dark it was dark time i was gonna say black friday but then i knew black friday was the event like before christmas and then i was like wait that doesn't have a ring to it they probably called it something else but they still called it black friday exactly okay so it was before black friday um i was living in a house with a bunch of friends Online poker was thriving. <laughs> it was like Ultimate Bet was like, I think, you know, one of the biggest ones. Um, and my roommate, who's uh, he's actually an actor. He's he was um, if you know Kevin Smith's films, Jay and Silent Bob, Clerks, Chasing Amy. He's yep. Jay, Jay Muse from all that stuff. Okay. So he got into it through a friend and I don't want to get all name dropping and shit, but me and Leonardo DiCaprio, were talking. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. Um, yeah. So he, um, he knew some like poker people and some people that were into poker and somehow I just started playing online with him and it was really fun. Cause we weren't really risking tons of money all the time. Um, because of like sit and goes and stuff. And, you know, we, we'd each play in our room. We'd play different sit and goes, but like, just, it was like such a fun hobby to crack out. And, uh, um, I still don't really fully know what I'm doing, but like, I really didn't know what I was doing back then. I just kind of like, I knew what the hands were, you know, learning the basic of what hands are, what is very easy, but then getting good is very, you know, difficult. Um, So I just started doing it then, and and I just really loved it. And then uh, over the years after the whole online thing got shut down, there were just different opportunities in Hollywood that popped up for games, whether they were like charity games or whether they were just like um, once in a while, me and my friends would go to commerce or something, Um, and – I never really took it seriously. I never like grinded and I'm like, I'm going to be a poker player or anything, but the excitement was still there because of how it was kind of just a random hobby where I would go to commerce, like, you know, out of the blue, right. You know, after like two months would go by and be like, all right, let's go to commerce, sit down at the like one, two table and just chill and order drinks. And, yeah. And then, yeah, as time went on, Um, I think just recently when I went to, uh, the Twitch charity event, um, I met some people there and then that ended up turning into getting an offer, um, to work for America's card room. And I did that for about over a year and I started taking it seriously and they, you know, they sent me to Costa Rica to be in events I yeah. uh, I would I would stream a lot of it and I would just really get into it and and then I went to run it up Reno and I just started putting more hours into it and and the very first uh event I did uh on ACR I it was the Venom and you know I didn't like I lasted like I think like 15 hours or something I got like I my prize I think was like six K or something. So yeah. that was cool. I was like, well, you know, I'm not like anywhere near first, but just playing for fifteen hours being at my skill level it was pretty good. Hitting yeah. that hitting that bubble and then and then I think the first bubble was like thirty five hundred, so I kinda made a couple of rungs on the ladder. Um uh, and then running up Reno, I, I um placed in a couple tourneys there and I'm like, man, I really used to doubt tourneys, and I would I would just see Oh man, there's like hundreds and hundreds of people in a tournament, like Right. You know, what are the odds of me actually placing, you know? And yeah. then and then once you start placing in a couple of tournaments, you're like, man, you know, grinding and, you know, a few lucky spots, just like you could actually get there, you know. <laughs> It's fun. I,
0: I mean, I, I stream tournaments when I stream. Tournaments is more fun for an audience because there's a storyline, right? Cash game, yeah. You get, you get knocked out, you just reload, or you know, you win a couple buy-ins. But it is tournaments take a lot of time. There, there is an art to it. There's a lot of different stack sizes and, mm-hmm. and studying, so it's fun. But which would you say you prefer if you could have a full day to play? If like say you know mm. at the commerce or you play a a tournament like a one day turbo at the commerce, if you. Could I do.
1: really like tournaments, and I even like sit and goes. I like. I feel like um I don't know. I feel like the way I play in tournaments, I have like my head on straight and I'm kind of like I'm like I got my eye on the prize and I'm like really really thinking about each hand. I'm not like, you know, in a cash game I'm kind of like, oh fuck this guy. This guy is just bullshitting me. I'm just going to, you know, go in at I'm like And, you know, just, just those loose plays where you don't really care about it, but with a tournament, like every single hand matters to me. And I feel like I take it more seriously.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Okay. Well, so poker, you've, you've done some representation and tell me you are now actually, you have something else going on in poker. So you are, you are in the space, you're alert to what's going on and, and what, tell me about where you're currently doing with poker.
1: So now, um. I I got signed through um Tom Duan because I I've known him for years and and we went on like some random trips together and stuff like that and um you know I think I didn't talk to him for a while you know he's kind of busy and he, and he's in Hong Kong right now he he all of a sudden I think thought of me because i had a tweet that got really popular and viral and like a lot of people saw it and that kind of was like he's like oh man i just saw that tweet man i haven't talked to you in a while what's your new number and stuff right so he called me up we did a little video chat he told me he's uh working for a site called poker king and you know we just have had a little back and forth, a little conversation, and we we just worked out a deal and I, I signed a deal with them and uh what's cool about that is I'm like getting a benefit from being involved with them because also I'm getting like coached uh i'm getting like a bunch of different coaches i'm going to be doing content with them where i like you know play a bunch of hands and then get like a poker pro to coach me and tell me what i did wrong and kind of help me out and eventually when the COVID thing clears a little bit more and it's safer to travel we'll you know we'll probably do events and i'll probably get to do like live like uh you know live poker games maybe some like vlogs and content and stuff like that but right now i'm just kind of getting coached uh at home with like you know maybe we take an hour session and then they'll look over my hands and help me out and stuff so
0: for sure. Well, tell me. You mentioned this tweet. That was something on my my uh, radar here. I actually saw you uh, a funny <laughs> follow up where someone, I guess, like someone you you passed like the record or you know for like the Korean this guy who was like a super fan and you. you oh yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. K-pop. So what, what, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What happened here? So this is uh, you just woke up very very well worded, very creative. You you're, you're a writer producer. Right? You do a lot <laughs> of this stuff, but you just woke up and said this. And I mean, yeah, because your tweets get engagement. You know, people. It's nice. You, you post, people listen, they they engage. But to see that, I mean, that's just that's just ridiculous. 3.8 million people in the world. You're talking percentage of the world at this point uh, have seen the tweet. What, what were you thinking? I mean, not that it – how does that feel to see that go <laughs> so viral?
1: Dude, I just – yeah, I mean, before that, like, n- none of my tweets even got 100,000 likes. Like, even 100,000 is, like, really, really crazy, right? Yeah. Um. So, I don't know, man. I was just – I woke up and I was watching the SpaceX launch and I just – I just saw them, like, you know, just peacing out, leaving the planet. And then I instantly thought of how shitty this world is right now. <laughs> and I was just like, man, I, I just thought of, like, a little tweet. And I almost ruined it because I, I have a habit of, like, droning on too much. And I was just like, man, I, I almost, like, typed, like, three paragraphs. So I ended up like, all right, I got to shorten this. It'll it'll be sweeter if it's short and sweet, you know. So, um. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was pretty good. I wasn't like thinking I was going to get some crazy ass thing where it's like it's the third most popular tweet um in history now
0: that's that's pretty uh it is pretty pretty wild i gotta say that's uh that is that's that's interesting uh tell me about anthony bourdain here i noticed on your your, your background here on twitter is that a you know obviously the rest in peace and and you uh, you're, were you a friend of yours or did you just love the show what was the uh what's, um, the, what's this about
1: i couldn't call him a friend but i did have the the honor of meeting him uh i i was a big fan I think there's a lot of travel hosts in the world and there's a lot of like corny travel hosts that are just kind of like, you know, just like, Hey guys, we're going to eat this. Oh my God. That's that. Right. Yeah. 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 This is good. Right. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. (laughs) And I'm just like, he's just like a wise ass New Yorker, ex chef, ex drug addict, just like, grumpy, but really well-spoken, poetic. And he, he was just the type of guy that when you watched his show, you live vicariously through him, and you want to be there at the same time. You're like, this is a guy I want to sit down and have a beer with. You know what I mean? Uh, I think he was the best to ever do it. There's no travel host. That's been better. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was on an airplane once, and I, I've i have tweeted things from places that I've gone because I do a lot of travel for streaming, yep. and i I've gone to places like that he's recommended in different parts of the world, and I'll take a picture and send it to him. I'm like, hey I found that place you recommended, and he was like, oh man, it looks great, looking good, you know, blah blah blah. So then one night I'm like, one day I'm on a plane, and we hit ten thousand feet. I turn the Wi-Fi on and I look at my uh, phone. And, Like right when I turned the Wi-Fi on, I got a tweet from Anthony Bourdain saying, "Are you gonna say hello or what?" And at first, I like I was like, "What? What does that mean?" I thought he meant like I didn't tweet him any food pics in a while. And then I'm like, "Wait." And I turn around, he's sitting right there, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my god!" And I'm not even I'm not even underselling uh, I'm not even overselling it. Like there's no one on the planet at that point that I wanted to meet more than him. So I look to him, and he's with his wife and kid, and I just go, "I'm like, I'm not gonna bother you as long as we can take a pic when we land." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, sure, sure." So I didn't even talk to him. I didn't go over there. I didn't bother him. And then yep. when we landed, we took a picture. Uh, oh yeah, and during the flight, we kind of t- we were tweeting each other back and forth like jokes. I was like. I was like saying some stupid shit like, yo, can you put in a word? I'm trying to join the mile high club. And <laughs> and he's like, I don't think I could do you any favors. The flight attendant's been giving me dirty looks ever since I turned down the in-flight meal. that's Um, amazing
0: so you're actually so where were you guys going was this was it just like a domestic random like short flight or was this an international somewhere crazy trip
1: no no it was uh it was new york to la that's the flight i do the most because i got i'm from new york i got family in new york and i lived in l i lived in la for 17 years um i might go back but right now with the covid shit it's kind of crazy but yeah Mm -hmm. so we were just new york to la and i don't know that's crazy. I'm I'm just a I'm just a huge fan.
0: For sure. All right. Well, I did. Yeah, I noticed that. I saw that on there and uh, was was wondering the story. But that's that's pretty cool. That's interesting. And you uh, you travel a lot. Like we see Twitch. You know, I I love your IRL. I think you you were one of the biggest, if not the biggest, or in that space, going around the world. And I know Twitch very well. And for those that don't, it's it's a bit complicated because getting good internet is, is not always easy, you know, whether or not you're streaming from a, you know, even at a, even at a hard line in a lot of places. So uh, can mm-hmm. you a bit about IRL, I know you've done Korea, which I know a lot of people do IRL and it's got really good internet, I guess in general, but give me a little bit of the troubleshooting with the backpack or the, you know, what, what, what it takes. Cause I don't think everyone understands how much work and effort goes into that.
1: Yeah. Once you get, once you get good at like fixing the backpacks problems you kind—it's kind of like becomes second nature. Right. But the best way to stream, unless you're in a place like South Korea, which has the best mobile internet in the world, you could go stream with a phone and be fine. Right. Um. But most places, like you know, even North America, for mobile internet, it's not really—it's go- not really that good. Um. So the backpack basically has a box it's like a thousand dollar box that takes in four different mobile connections it takes one ethernet two usb and one wi-fi okay. and it takes the data and it sends it to an obs cloud server so basically you walk around with a camera of your choice if you're filming yourself usually you want a light one so i use this little sony usually unless i have a cameraman for the day um with a little selfie stick and then you have a little clamp with a phone that has your chat room and alerts and then the fact of having four different mobile routers is just like kind of like redundancy you know what I mean like if I was walking around somewhere and um West Virginia, and maybe there's a v- spotty Verizon reception, then the a t t router will kick in and give mm. you enough data to stream okay so it's just a it's just an ability to have a way stronger connection than one mobile sim card and at the same time getting to use a camera of your choice instead of using your phone you know
0: okay Very um is, is that the gunrun sort of built Is that what he did that is, that-
1: is yeah shout out to gunrun gunrun yeah, past, revolutionized yeah. that and he he gave me a very, very good gift when I was in Japan. He was working on the beta edition of the Gunrun 2.0, and I was the first one to get to test it. Mm-hmm. A weird flex. Um, so the new one is like a way, way smaller bag, and he found batteries that are like, I think, like 3 pounds or 4 pounds lighter. And so it's a way smaller bag, way less uh, weight on the batteries. So mid-japan trip i'm walking around with this heavy ass like you know i don't know nine pound bag on my back it's a workout, uh, and it and it's it's not that bad for like the first three or four hours but then like i stream sometimes like 10 to 12 hours a day when i'm in japan because it's just like fun to be out and about all, all the time yeah and i'm just standing there playing like the ufo catcher machines just standing in one position and it's like i don't know how many pounds the thing is it's just like My back's starting to hurt and stuff. So he let me test out the new one. And I was like, dude, instead of just letting me test out, what if if I just buy the parts and you make me one? And then not only can I have the new one for myself greedily, but also I can tell you all types of problems. If there's a problem with the new battery, how long it lasts, I could give you all that feedback you need. So he's like, okay, here are the parts and he made me my own like 2.0 backpack which is nice cuz even the ones that they sell today you know they're they're not the 2.0 yet so right. and how much cool. that's
0: about 1000 all all in or now is a new one
1: different no the 1000 is just for the box but then you got to pay for all the mobile routers you got to pay for the data so like the the backpack alone with all the connections and the camera and everything probably about closer to 3k and then your monthly data could be upwards of like $1,000 a month, depending on uh, if you have the international plan or domestic. I think right. domestic might be more like 600 or something.
0: Yeah, I I think that you know the the Twitch, the art—it's an art form because it really is. It's not just so simple. So many people come to me and they want to stream on Twitch, and I think Uh no one would know better than you because if you know, you're talking about the mobile. Like this is (laughs) another level of of not just at your computer, and even then, there's challenges with OBS and equipment and internet, all these things. You know, a lot of people, it really does take a lot of work, and I think that's why there's you know the ones that rise to the top, people that get good followings, and you know, you have to you have to be able to be good at what you do, and then you also have to be able to deal with a lot of you you have to you have to be willing to go through some of the hoops and and hurdles so uh it's yeah cool when did you know that you were when did you know twitch was for you because you you've been in tv you've done you know i want to get back and cover a lot of sort of your career and sort of your the history of of annie milanakis but when when did twitch jump out as the the answer that would be something appetizing for you
1: um as soon as the irl section came out I was on Twitch like two for two years as a hobby. I didn't talk to my chat that much. I didn't really have a sub badge graphics. I didn't give a fuck. I just kinda like I I was like, you know what? Uh this is a fun hobby. I found out about it. I think my account is from like two thousand thirteen, maybe. Okay. Um and then finally when the IRL came out. I went from playing a video game to full screen camera trying stuff out, and I went from like um, you know 200 viewers to like 1,200 viewers in like one day of doing full screen content because people. The thing is, and I try to encourage other creators. If you're kind of more of like a personality streamer who kind of puts yourself out there, when you're just your heads in in the game like this, and you're like, "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> It's not really showing you. You're kinda there's like a disconnect, right? Right. Then you go full camera and you start talking to people and fucking around and making jokes and stuff and people are like, Oh, this is what I'm here for. I don't give a fuck about that game with your little video box. Right. You know, unless you're like a great pro player, they wanna come there for you. So as soon as I started doing full camera video and actually fuck sorry my my Maybe. sleep schedule is off i've been I've been going to bed at like eight in the morning um oh, okay. <laughs> i uh yeah i started you know started going around doing uh phone streams like I- irl streams and it just took off and this was at a time when i was kind of starting to revamp my youtube and then i was just like oh this is clearly the wave right now
0: yeah, I see your YouTube. Uh, you you post some stuff a couple months ago. You throw up some clips, but you did have. I mean, it's been five years since you you were really. You got some videos and, and things up there. So is that you just basically decided?
1: Um. To- well, I mean, I've I have a bunch of uploads from like this year and last year, but it's not steady mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, yeah, uploads
0: exactly. I see because I do see that it does say three months ago. You did you did throw up some you have stuff on there, but it definitely shows you've, you, know, you've, you haven't you really been, I mean, it's crazy because your YouTube videos are getting, you know, 2 million, 4 million, 5 million um, views and, and went crazy, but you just believe Twitch was the right fit. You, you pivoted to more, to, to allocate. Yeah, more especially,
1: to you. you know, I actually, actually decided at a really good time the whole. Um, so when my Twitch started taking off, I was kind of like, Fuck, oh, I gotta fix my sleep. <laughs> We're good. We're good. When uh, when Twitch started taking off, um, I started going full forward. And then about two months later, like three months later, the adpocalypse happened that just fucked over so many creators on YouTube. And even now to this day, a lot of creators, they like bleep themselves out and censor themselves because they won't get paid anything. They went from getting paid like, you know, 50k a month to like some of them, like you know, 10% of that or to 1% of that, depending on how vulgar their content is. Um, could personally,
0: you about, could you explain a bit about that? Because I'm, I'm aware of that, but I don't really understand the full. Is that because they basically certain a lot of videos had to be censored or ads cut because of like the, the violent, crazy nature of some stuff? They didn't want to have a Coca Cola ad on a you know someone doing crazy inappropriate stuff and it was sort of the wild west before is that the gist of it where it like cleared out a lot of the ads yeah there were there
1: were there was some controversy of like really fucked up like racist videos homophobic homophobic videos and just they didn't really have a monitor to see if it was like always coca-cola and then some like nazi speak you know what i mean like
0: So I understood it as, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think it was just kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. And then, you know, as soon as like some big companies pulled out and they're like, Hey man, you're running a Coca-Cola ad in front of this, uh, get your shit together for now. Peace out bitches. And they left. And then another, a bunch of big brands followed suit. So, you know, that's the stream of money that's paying the creators right it's always advertisers and tv like since the history of time yeah um so yeah so people went from making a killing to making like almost nothing some family-friendly creators weren't as affected you know Right. Um, yeah, but. I think,
0: talk to me a bit about that because you you have sort of it seems like shift you know weaved and bobbed through the industry different different creative stuff. Is that uh, how important is it to you to pivot? And I think we see with with COVID, you know nothing is guaranteed right expect in life of course but in 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 what you're doing you don't want to be all in on tiktok or all in on something you want to have different different options because things change stuff happens covid happens life (laughs) happens you know you don't know what the next platform is how are you able to stay ahead of the curve uh and the trends like how, how, how do you how do you stay on top of that
1: i think you know starting with the internet so early and the only reason i got uh noticed and got a TV show and stuff like that was from the internet. Cause I created internet videos at such an early time. It was even before YouTube was out. Mm-hmm. So kind of getting my start so early in the internet days and being kind of like a tech geek and being kind of obsessed with the internet. Um, if you have your ear to the ground, right. And you're just constantly looking and hearing about different stuff you just see the potential in some stuff. You see how it's growing and you're like, "Wait, can I be creative on this platform?" Uh, how fast is it growing? Is this my type of thing? And then you just give it a try, you know what I mean? Um so, and pivoting is kind of the, the cool the cool thing about pivoting is um the glory of the internet, right? You think about the cliche of actors and actresses, you know, Getting out to Hollywood, maybe getting some work, and even when they have notoriety, they do like a you know, a movie or whatever. If you're not constantly getting work as an actor, which most people that are actors and actresses are not constantly in a stream of work, what do you do pre-internet? The cliche, the stereotype is you're a waiter, right? Mm. You wait tables. You earn as much money as you can in your downtime. Hopefully you get a big pop from your next project that will like let you coast for a while. And then you gotta go back to normal work. The glory of the internet is all this ability to turn a camera on and make money. And that wasn't a thing when I started. I just did it as a hobby. Cause in uh you know, early two thousands. There was like, you know, in the year 2000, you couldn't even be like, all right, I'm going to turn my camera on and make some money today. What are you doing? Yeah, let me, let me, let me do a little thing and I'm going to go make some money and then we'll do, you know, we'll hang out. It just didn't work. So it was just pure passion. You know, I just really loved making people laugh and doing silly ass things. And I just saw it was a cool avenue to do that. And then it turned into something big. And I got a very quick lesson when my, internet videos turned into an actual show and, you know, actual, like some success. Um, and then even then it was still kind of like, man, it's really rare to make money on the internet. And then as the years go by, there's more avenues and more avenues and Twitch and YouTube and Patreon. And now like cringy ass TikTok. <laughs> tock can be funny sometimes, but you know, right. um, So, yeah, I think pivoting is really, really important. Uh, It gives you the ability to have a stream of income while you might be working on bigger things. Or you might think that's like the biggest thing. Like, although Twitch is like really big for me, there are still other projects I want to work on. But now I have the ability to work on that because I could sit back for, you know, a month in my spare time and work on something because at the end of the day... Like, you know, I just could stream on Twitch and it's like, you know, not that taxing. You know, right. I can work on so many other projects, you know. Yeah.
0: I, I want to ask you about the, the 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 fine line between, I guess, being lazy and being, um, you know, like a cyborg and just not off your phone. Cause to the point you're mentioning back in the day, you gotta, you know, if you want to be a waiter, you gotta do this stuff, you gotta go in, you gotta get a job. Sure. They might just hire you, but now, you know, I have a problem myself. Like with it, the internet's so prevalent. There's so much stuff going on. You can do a hundred different things. You can get your hand in a lot of projects. You're on your phone. Someone's texting you about a next idea. Join this poker, you know, whatever it is, it's so much stuff going on, but there's almost no excuse to be lazy. Like your point, you can make money. You can find something, a hobby and turn it into a, a craft and, and find ways to kind of side hustle. But also at the same time, it just seems like it's never ending. How do you find... I would obviously you're not lazy you're I would say on the other side of that closer to maybe doing too much how do you say no to things and how do you sort of do you have a team do you have managers agents how do you sort of balance all the things that you're doing to organize your your life
1: I do have I do have a manager I I think this is the way I balance it does this make money for me and how much fun am I going to have doing this If I'm going to have a lot of fun doing something, but I'm not going to get make money or maybe I don't make money directly, but it might be good for my career, you know, like put me in the spotlight a little bit. Um, So there's a couple things to weigh it out. You know what I mean? Like, um, I feel like there's just so many things that people say yes to just to say yes. Oh, well, they asked me to. So I said yes. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, I don't know, man, it's, I guess it's complicated. I guess it's complicated because like.
0: It is. It's not, it's, it's almost like there's too many options or decisions and there's a lot going on and it's, it's a, it's, you got to calibrate everything because it is a, there's only so much time. I think as we get older, you know, we've been in doing stuff for you know business things for a decade two decades you start realizing like ultimately it comes down to time right like it's like you only have so much you you can <clears throat> only have time to enjoy you want to work you want to create wealth you want to have fun but you also yeah you're you're limited time and phases of your life right so it's uh yeah it's sort of hard you gotta you gotta find i think as we get older we hopefully get better at that but that's what i was saying if you have any hacks or tricks or things that you've learned about you know sort of uh experiences that you've kind of uh, stuff that went well or didn't go well that you've learned from on that
1: um yeah i mean i think a trick to like this might be not really the question but you know though there's like cliche phrases but they're kind of for a reason right like um work smarter, not harder type thing. I need to give myself that advice because sometimes I stream, like, now with COVID, like, I haven't been traveling. When I'm traveling and on different planes in different countries and walking around streaming, I feel really good. I don't feel, like, lazy. But I could stream on Twitch, like, 55 hours a week at home and still feel kind of lazy. I'm like, what did I actually do? I put hours of, like, time into the stream, but is that does that initially make me not lazy if I'm not like, if I'm not getting any exercise, if I'm not doing anything mentally taxing, if I'm just playing games like mindlessly, you know what I mean? Like I I feel like it's like, maybe it's less lazy than someone just sitting on the couch all day. But even if I'm making really good money this month, I still sometimes feel lazy and I, and maybe I'm just a harsh critic on myself, but so, I constantly want to push myself to make, you know, cool content that I feel good about. And feeling a sense of accomplishment just feels good. Um, So, like, I started a Twitch show. It's going to be a a once-a-week thing where I help smaller streamers out. And after that show, my first episode, I felt accomplished. And throughout the week, I'm helping the the winner of each episode. Like, you know, I'm co-streaming with them. I'm hosting them. And I'm really trying to get them to be self-sufficient so they become partner and they just succeed and then i feel accomplished something as simple as like you know doing a cooking stream i feel like putting the effort into like i i got this new traeger smoker and i'm like i made a six hour like smoked rib like smoked pork ribs And as simple as that, it feels accomplished. I'm like, here's what I'm doing. Here's the rub, three hours, you know, and then wrap it and then put this on and then two hours and then the finished product is, um, I know you guys are jealous, but even like that, it feels like it went somewhere and it feels like some sense of accomplishment. But to creators, I I think I feel like more, um, it might not be directly related to the question you asked, but as far as advice, I feel like, I don't know, man. I think making, like, polarizing content and stuff that, like, I say, like, before you upload a video or do a stream, you got to think, like, if I can edit this video before I hit upload, if I watch this and try to, like, remove myself from it, would I instantly be so in love with this piece of content that I would want to send it to everybody I know? Hmm. And if it's just kind of bland and it's just kind of like, well, I'm just, you know, starting a video series. If it's not something you're like, man, I got to send this to people right now. If you don't think that, then other people probably won't think that. I know everybody's different, but you should be your harshest critic and, and make stuff that will like grip people. You wow. know, what? whether it's a live stream or not. Something that will grip people. That's why when I start playing a video game and I don't talk to my chat room, my views get cut in half. Right. But if I'm like fielding questions and I'm and I'm asking them a question, or if I'm freestyle rapping, or if I'm walking the streets in Tokyo and and interacting with a stranger, it's something that's gonna grip people to be right. like, I want to stay and see more. You know what I mean? Right. That's and. What that's that's yeah. a
0: great point. I got to ask you about poker then because poker is even more the uh, farther – it's further off than even just regular if you're playing a game because poker actually has like a delay. You need three, four, five, six-minute delay. That's what I stream on. How do you feel about that? Because I, I feel – Like that's such so unfortunate for poker because I I always it's so disconnected. It's like not even IRL. It's not even like a game. It's six minutes. Now you're talking to me and I'm answering you. You've Got to wait six minutes to see if I even answer you. And then if you know, it's not really like a natural conversation. How do you how do you find when you're streaming poker uh, that that that? Because I think that's really tough in the poker community for streaming.
1: I think what poker needs is somehow to dual stream a live audio feed as well as as uh, as well as a delay. Mm. So whatever yeah. you said five minutes ago is cool, right? Right. And you're going to be kind of like talking over yourself a little bit. But if you have a live feed to the chat to talk to them and interact with them, even if the video is delayed, it gives you a little bit more of an advantage to engage with people when they're coming in. So they right. need to have two... They need to have two feeds. The audio video feed that has a five minute delay for your gameplay so no one snipes you and, and cheats. Right. And there needs to be like a, a button where you could put a live audio feed into talking the chat.
0: Interesting. That's an interesting way of explaining it. Yeah, I've I've run a couple ideas, bounced it around, and I, I just it just seems like there is something there. There's gotta be a better way, because it's just there has good.
1: to be a better way. I mean the other people who are not super serious about poker on Twitch who stream it they refuse to stream with a delay and they cover their cards. And I guess that doesn't matter as much for when you have a, a chat room full of people that are not hardcore poker fans because right. then they get they get the instant gratification of talking to the streamer, you know?
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird though too because if you're on no delay and you like cover your cards, you can almost like... You could almost like troll or, or mess around, right? Like you could be like bluffing in a way, like, say, you know, like the hand's going on and the guy's like watching you in real time. And you're like, oh, I'm going to, you know, it's just kind of like a weird dynamic. You can still show the replay. You can take the card cover off when you fold. But even then, I guess you couldn't. You couldn't even take the card cover off if you fold because you would be Affecting the action in the current hand, right? If someone's watching, so you, you it's just yeah. There's got. I don't know. I, I was. I'm curious. I, I think that must be hard for someone like yourself who's not really fundamentally a poker streamer. And like you, to your point, people want to use a card cover because if they're not poker streamers and they try it, it's like it's too tough for the audience to to uh, to come to get behind it. It just, it's just it really
1: is too. And even though I think poker's a very interesting thing, like when you have a delay. And you can't really fully engage with the chat. It's very hard to grip an audience, you know, unless you're yeah. in maybe a huge, huge game, you know. Right. Fair enough.
0: I, I agree. I think that's a valid point. Maybe maybe we could talk more about that idea there. there, It seems complicated, but, what you know doable it's 2020 uh things are uh, possible these days that's for sure um let's 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 jump back a bit because i do want to sit make sure we have some time for questions there are a lot of them uh give Mm -hmm. me me a little bit of your the the story i have some notes here and of course i remember the andy milanaka show what was uh give me give me the the story the the quick version of how that came to light wasn't it something about you made a video about the super bowl you didn't go to a party you made the super bowl video and then was it jimmy kimmel's talent or someone there saw it and recognized it and then they they, they did like well how, how does that actually happen but when they see you they recognize you're a talent they what bring you in to interview test do something and was there like did they present to you let's do the annie milanakis show at, after some trials or was it like you said i want to i would like to do this or did they give you the idea how did that all come to light
1: so when jimmy gimmel first discovered my video I was kind of like, I thought it was like a spam email. I didn't really know what was up. Um, uh, so I, it was kind of a case by case thing, right? They're like, we need, they're like, we're thinking about how, flying you out to perform the song live. I was like, okay. And then they're like, right now we're not going to fly you out. We just want to release form so we can play the video on air. I'm like, okay. I signed the release form. Uh, I heard back a couple of days later, they're like, hey, there, we found another video that we liked, and they were scouring my website, or it was actually my friend Brian Lynch's website, for they were scouring it for other videos that I made, and they found other videos that they liked. Right. So then they were like, okay, we like the one where you did the fake accents. We like the one you did that was like peanut butter boy. And so they just kept sending me release forms to play my videos on the air. And then it was really exciting. I was like on TV. I was like showing my parents and stuff. I was like, holy shit. But then after a while, they were like, we found a video where you're in a blizzard in New York and you're holding your camera up to people and asking them why they're in a blizzard. And the the whole joke was I was in the blizzard, too. I'm like, why are you out here in a blizzard? But i mean i clearly was out there too with a camera right but nobody even caught up on that and they were like why are you out here well actually one person did <laughs> um so they're like yeah i've got I've just gotta get my coffee i'm like you're risking your life for coffee they're like yeah i gotta you know i need a coffee um <laughs> year so, uh, that?
0: that's in the 90s or no was it like this a- was
1: like uh probably like year 2000 maybe okay um so they're like we like that video, but you're holding the camera, so you're actually not on camera. We're thinking about hiring you to be a travel correspondent, but we need you on video, so they encouraged me to go make another video where I talk to people on the street, but this time I'm on camera. Hmm. so my friend Brian, who's actually now like a he's a big screenwriter, he did Life of pets and like you know minions he's super successful really nice dude he came out with me to new york city and he held the camera this time where i just started fucking with people freestyle rapping in the street you know i fed some lady a chicken wing a hand fed her just fucking around trying to make some cool content and so you know i edited it down to like 10 minutes i mailed them the tape they're like we love it we're hiring you your first mission is to go to Panama City, Florida and spring break and fuck with the spring breakers. So that became like a thing that happened for over like a few months where go here, this is your mission. You know, they sent out a director and all that stuff. So I was a traveling correspondent. And then eventually they're like, come to LA and we're going to have you do a bit at the weenie roast. It's like a radio show, like event. And then we're going to have you live in studio for the first time on the couch with a Jimmy Kimmel interview. So I did that. And then that went well. And then they're like, hey, yeah, we, we're doing guest announcers right now. We want you to be our guest announcer for a week. They're putting me up at a hotel. And they're like, after that week, they're like, we're going to need you for another week. And they're like, yeah, we're going to need you for another week. So how are
0: they they paying you? Are they like giving you contracts on each one of these things? Is this just sort of like. Yeah, it's
1: like one off off contracts. Okay. And then they're like, you know, you've been out here for a month now. We can't keep paying your hotel bill. We just need you to get a lease out here. I was like, okay. I came out here on like a fucking one week trip. (laughs) Now you're just like on a one week trip. I ended up signing a one-year lease in LA and then um,
0: where I'm sorry, where were you living before? It was New York is where I was living
1: in New York. Yeah. I was working on an IT uh, at an accounting firm doing IT stuff. Okay. So um, they had me sign a lease and Jimmy told me during this time, like within the first six months, he goes, listen, your old, your videos that you put out, he goes, they're really original and they're really funny. Eventually, I think we could turn this into a thing based on your comedy. For now, you know, keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to send you on these things, on these correspondent things and stuff like that. But eventually, we could talk about this thing. So about a year goes by, and then one of his partners from Jack Hole um, left Jimmy Kimmel Live. And during that time... Right when that happened, Kimmel hit me up and was like, now's the time. We're going to try to do your show because now we have one of my producers who's free, who doesn't have a job right now, and he can spearhead the Andy Milanaki show if we get picked up. So he brought in Tony DeSanto, who's a longtime friend of Kimmel, and Tony DeSanto at MTV was just saying like to Jimmy all the time, yo, let's do a show, let's do a project, let's do a project. And Jimmy, for years, never had anything for him. And all of a sudden, he calls up Tony DeSanto and he goes, I got something. We went in a meeting, he showed them all my shit. They liked it. They said, let's do a pilot. We did a TV pilot. Months later, they, they had this big thing where MTV reviews like tons of pilots all together at a retreat. Right. And mine was shot kind of in the beginning. So we had to wait like a long time to get word. Finally, Kimmel called me and he goes, I got Tony Santo on the line. And I was like, oh my God, is this, I guess, good news? Cause he has more people on the line. And they told me he got picked up for a whole season and that like totally changed everything.
0: <laughs> What was your what was the thought process like? So when you're making this stuff, I mean, you're you're. Is it just you love it? It's fun to you. It's a project. Like you're just doing it because like you're in. I mean, you could never in your wildest dreams imagine. Them. I mean, this isn't like you sent it in to get submitted. It was just randomly picked up, right? I mean, So like, did you? What were you thinking when this started happening? You're flying down to spring break on MTV, you know, and these major companies are interested in you. Jimmy Kimmel's got his his claws into you, you know, talking talking to you and, and sees your potential. What was that like for your friends and family? and kind of like as it was happening cuz i mean it's got to be pretty surreal like, especially in this time there's no social media you can't dm someone right i mean it's old school it's like emails or your phone calls you know it's, I mean it's, there's it's, at well, this
1: point there's social media and i think i think maybe youtube launched in maybe like what 2004 2005 okay but it's still not the internet it didn't hit like the fucking ultimate boom yet you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh it's still kind of at this point unheard of from someone turning internet related content into an actual job um it felt like the twilight zone in the best way possible i i had like goosebumps i would wake up and i like i would i would wake up and i sometimes i would think like did i just dream that and then i was like oh my god it's real
0: (laughs) matrix matrix we're in the matrix
1: yeah it was it was really surreal in a really good way um and uh it didn't feel like my life. It felt like it felt like it felt like um, it felt like I it felt like I was watching a movie about myself. Like a, I don't know, man.
0: It was really cool. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, so this the show gets going. You, you, you are. I mean you know, everyone, I remember my age, you saw it. MTV was hot as it gets back then. Nowadays, all mm-hmm. this stuff changed. There's streaming stuff and Netflix, all these different things. And I'm not, I don't watch much TV, but back yeah. in the day, MTV, if you were between the ages of so-and-so, right? Like you watched yeah. MTV. you saw all the programming, you were on there. What was that? How, you know, Were you getting recognized everywhere? I mean, you still like, was it, was it just like, what was that like living? Did you live in LA? Then? You <clears throat> in LA so I lived cool. in
1: LA. Yeah. Um, yeah, the first time I got recognized, I had a panic attack. <laughs> well, it wasn't the first time I got recognized. I went into a club and I got mobbed by people. And I never even felt, knew what a panic attack felt like. All of a sudden, there was a mob of people around me. I couldn't breathe. And I ran into a corner and, like, just sat down and I was like, fuck, man. Holy shit.
0: Um, do you remember what club that was and what it was in like oh four or five or something like that oh man i don't fucking remember those, changes. those things turn over those a lot. things
1: change yeah either way Maybe you get concord the, or something i
0: don't know you get recognized you get you kind of it? and it's always like funny like that people you kind of work it's like it's nice to get recognized a bit or get acknowledged but you know at some point it just happens fast right if you get to that level yeah. getting, it's like kind of a little bit weird right it's like you don't really when know I, how you're supposed to handle it
1: it's funny because i was doing jimmy Kimmel live for like a year and i never felt that like you're a famous dude. Like, Oh my God, that's Andy from Jimmy Kimmel. I would get recognized a little bit here and there, but when you're on a three minute segment in like an hour show, it's kind of like, uh, did I see that guy somewhere? But then now, like it turns into my own show with my name and shit like that. And they, you know, MTV just relentlessly puts on ads for your show. It's like commercial, 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 any Naga show. Um, so, right, you're not you're not
0: even a star. or You're not even like on that '70s show or something. You are. It's your name as the show, which is yeah. even more kind of unique and rare. And, and yeah, I can't really hide. Right? There's it's just like all right. This is everyone knows your name. It's pretty <laughs> cool though. I mean, it's got it's got to have pluses and and minuses. But yeah, uh, it, I,
1: I have a actually quick story I could tell you that's kind of funny. It's kind of shows you Hollywood. Right mm-hmm. before my show even came out, I was sitting down at this club and this girl started like flirting with me and stuff and i was like okay you know whatever and she's like i gotta i gotta go talk to my friend i'll be right back and like just like five minutes after i started talking to her she goes i'll be right back and she like kissed me on the lips and walked away and i'm like i'm like huh okay and then <laughs> fucking and then she comes back, sits down, starts talking to me again. She goes, I saw a commercial for your new show. You know, I do comedy. I would be a really good co-host and shit like that. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Even before my fucking show launches, the fucking leeches are out. <laughs> like, they
0: were coming for us. She was looking for a, a, a signed uh, spot as the co-host, nonetheless. <laughs> not even like a, a not a cameo. She wanted to. Yeah, be yeah, partner. yeah, yeah. That yeah. just kind of
1: shows you like Hollywood in a nutshell climbers and stuff like that um but yeah i mean so there were a lot of chill moments you know it it felt good going out to a restaurant hanging out with people hanging out with new people and then getting recognized a little bit here and there but and then there were just a couple extreme things where where there's a young people around like uh i went to the jersey shore uh boardwalk and like these kids were like chasing me fucking (laughs) there's like a mob scene Mm -hmm. but like you know, I have a perfect mix now. During the heat of the show, it was definitely too much, and I, and this is this is just me, right? It's still even in the heyday of my show, on the totem pole of like success and fame, it's still. I'm not trying to be humble. It's still pretty low when you're thinking about like fucking a list actors who literally cannot leave the house. You know what I mean? Right. It's still kind of like, all right, I can leave the house and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I seen your show, whatever, you know? But even that, even that, even if that was like fucking three out of 10, even that was just, it's just too much. You just right. constantly get harassed. Uh, and people are so pushy. Let me get your number. I'm on the phone with my cousin. Talk to this person. Hey, can you sing your theme song? Can you do that? You know? I'm always nice to people. I always take pictures with people, but people can be very fucking pushy.
0: Right? Or you're at and, dinner. You're at dinner with a friend, you know, you're, and you're getting yeah. It's Like there's, I'm sure you get. You've seen it all at this point. You've <laughs> seen all kinds of people just no respect for personal space or, or, or anything. So
1: speaking I, of at dinner, this is the this is the last time I'm going to name drop on the show just because
0: it's a cool story. I don't mind. Listen, it's all good, man. It's part. It's not a big deal. Go for
1: it. <laughs> I was at dinner with a big crew of like MTV producers and cast and stuff Yeah, at Masters Steakhouse in Beverly Hills. I got a tap on my shoulder from the most humble guy ever, and he goes, Yo, sorry to bother you. It's Dre. It's Dre. It was Dr. Dre tapping my fucking shoulder and That's asking that. me to talk to one of his sons on the phone. <laughs> and I'm like, alright, you know. I know that's being a little hypocrite but in that case like okay <laughs>
0: right you got it. yeah I mean listen it's all it is what it is it's part of the it's part of it all I think like you a good point you made it's it, there's like a right amount of fame and it, it's you know you, you don't want to be where you can't leave your house in peace but it's also kind of cool to get acknowledged so it's uh, yeah it's, it's, I
1: it's would a, way rather have the amount of people that come up to me now versus the heyday of my MTV show cuz yeah. now it's like you know a couple people here and there that, but the you know when I do IRL streams some people get annoying and come up to me right. but it's way 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 less you know so it's have nice you
0: had, have you had any problems with irl like safety wise security like i mean not like any harassment or people i, I what, what there was some stuff where people were calling in threats like bomb threats or stuff like some weird stuff i heard i don't know if that's true or not.
1: <coughs> oh that's yeah right? no luck luckily no for not for
0: okay. me some of that stuff okay but you've had uh so you've
1: i've had, had a pretty- people get angry at me i was streaming you know at this place in in Paris, and this guy walked up to me, and he put his ear almost on my mouth, and he goes, "Go fuck yourself," and he walked out.
0: <laughs> wow. And and how? What is the actual rule on that? Because it's like you can't. I, I the IRL portion, you know waivers and whatnot like what is the actual definition of the rule of of that because like you, you in casinos you're not supposed to take pictures or people so like is it just open season if you're walking down the I street in York city like yeah, i mean the actual- down this
1: down walking down the street in public p- property then you don't have it's not illegal to have someone on camera
0: okay yeah, I guess once you start going into but certain venues,
1: about and- all the loopholes and shit, I don't even fucking want to know. You know what I mean? Like, right? Yeah, it's a it's a it's, a it's a Pandora's box. Tell
0: me, uh, tell me about the tattoos you got. see you're rocking some. Uh, some- <laughs> what do you got? What's what's going on there?
1: Okay. By the way, this looks like a stain. It's actually paint. It is a stain, but it's not like i'm not one of those sloppy fat guys who has like fucking tomato sauce on his shirt and shit Wait,
0: what's, it's, what's it's just thing? paint I don't even see it. oh on the top on the shoulder I mean, yeah
1: you know. i just kind of like paint on that right. shit okay anyway okay so this is probably my favorite one Hold on this angle's not good Get in it's a desk. desk
0: okay That's all right different. what's that what's that represent
1: i was thinking how macho tattoos are i'm like Tattoos are so fucking like macho a lot of the time. Guys getting like dragons and swords and shit. Ah, oh, I gotta get a fucking badass tattoo. Yep. So the thought of like tattoos and badassery, I'm like, fuck that, bro. I'm gonna get a table. That's hard as fuck. I'm gonna get like something really mundane. So I got went a desk. The other way. He went yeah. the other way on him. Okay. Threw him for um, So then this temporary, a temporary tattoo that I got. Mm hmm. Um, and then, this is my favorite quote from this philosopher, Robert Anton Wilson. Okay. Only the madman is absolutely sure, and his initials RAW. Robert Anton Wilson.
0: Wow, that's a that's a pretty prevalent one there. You got that's that I, I like that. I haven't. Heard <clears throat>
1: you know, a lot of people have quotes like really little on their like yeah. foot and shit. I just thought like you know what. I've never seen a quote just take up a whole fucking arm. I'm yeah, just going to go for that.
0: it. That's a, you really, yeah, that's given. Yeah. I like start. that quote.
1: Cause Very it's nice. true. All the fucking crazy people are the people that are absolutely sure of all these big issues and, and philosophies and shit. You know what I mean? like, they're convinced. Yeah. They're, absolutely they're convinced sure. when they're, when there are these fallible humans that are limited by our sensory organs, you're just like, Yeah, I know the answer. Oh, you know, there there is a god, there isn't a god, this is that, this is that Okay, you're a fucking human being. Relax. Don't be that fucking naive. That's, you're crazy. Awful.
0: I gotta ask you about the music. one of my a good buddy of mine, Bryce Baker, yesterday sent this to me. I had not seen this particularly. Maybe a long time ago, and I remember this. uh, We are farmers. I watched the video. Very, very well done. Very creative. Very funny. Tell me about your Mm -hmm. music and where does this one rank in all your favorite, all the videos you've done, and and what is your favorite? Give me some of your music. Um, uh, Rap. We
1: are farmers is definitely one of my favorite ones. Um, Sorry. No worries. I um. I just that commercial came on in the background. And I just was like that's really catchy. We should use that for a sample. And the the, you know, it's farmer's insurance. I was like, "Okay, that that already gives us the theme for the video, right?" Right. Um and so I told uh, DJ A and Diplo I told you I wouldn't name drop again, but that's who I worked with. Fucking the video. <laughs> that's my name. Yeah, that's yeah. Facts. I guess <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm too self conscious about name dropping if you're working with someone. Yeah, um, good Goodman Uh and they liked it and they made the beat in like fifteen minutes, and uh we put it out and within twenty four hours we got a cease and desist letter from Farmers Insurance saying, Nope, you ain't doing this shit. This is our fucking property. Take it down or there's gonna be a lawsuit. So oh, we had to take it down and we couldn't we couldn't negotiate with them and we couldn't put it on our album. But it got deleted it- on YouTube and then people kept re uploading it. So all the uploads you see are just from fans. Oh,
0: this is not the this is like not the uh, the OG or the cus this is just people who put it up.
1: Yeah, see, the sample removed one is on Simon's channel because that's mm. that's but that's that version kind of sucks. Interesting. So,
0: so they actually fought it. They just didn't like it. They didn't like the spoof or the the play on it. They just no.
1: Didn't. I think maybe it's because they're pussies. no i'm just kidding
0: (laughs) yeah i get it though it it makes sense but is that something that looking back on it would have made more sense to go to them first or no because then they may have they would have just said no anyway and you just had to get it out there like did you
1: asking for forgiveness is way better than asking for permission
0: that's that makes you know unfortunately i think that makes sense I'm, I'm trying to process that statement but yeah i've heard that before um yeah. very 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 creative very cool so you actually came up with that idea that was so you yeah, you, yeah. You were the one that, that that initiated that and how would that out of the music and the things you do what percent would you say is your creative mind getting these ideas or that you are asked to collaborate where does that sort of mix
1: it depends if it's if it's my song um I mean, I write all my own shit, but if it's like three loco, different ones have, uh, you know, different ones of, like, sometimes Simon has an idea for a song, sometimes Riff Ruff has an idea for a song, sometimes I have an idea for a song, and we go with it. The I had the idea for Nito because it was basically my idea, like, everybody was saying the word swag, and I thought let me come up with a word that's the nerdiest shit ever, but try to make it cool. It's like the opposite of swag is like nerdy as fuck, right? Neato. It's really neato. It's just nerdy. But putting it into a hip hop song and trying to make it kind of like a catchy thing, I thought it was a cool idea. And me and Riff Raff did this before we were in 3 Loco. We, we were doing a song together. I told him the concept of the song is to rhyme everything with neato step in the club and we're looking real nido. i've be getting bitches in a blue tuxedo we're neato like a giraffe in a speedo everything rhymes with nido, the whole verse okay. so i go i do my verse he goes yeah i like that idea he does his verse nothing rhymes with the word nido, and i'm like bro what are you doing <laughs> he goes dude you just do your verse i do mine I'm like, that's fine with every other song, but I just told you the concept for the song. You heard my verse. You heard what, what the idea was, and now you just didn't do anything wrong with Nito. And he goes, man, just come on. Just let it go. This verse is fine. I'm like, yeah, but it totally fucking cock blocks the fucking idea for the song. Yeah, did you and he goes, man. I said. So we argued, you know, and and Roof not an easy person to argue with. Finally, he just backed off, and he goes, all right, fuck it. He's like, all right, fine rewrote the verse everything Ryan with nito i was like happy i showed it to simon simon's like bro i love this shit i gotta be on this song so simon jumped on the song and then you know a little bit down the line you know we decided to do a group together
0: that's awesome and,
1: and yeah that's,
0: that's go, awesome go so you so you are I mean, see so what would you characterize your your portfolio currently in terms of time, kind of allocation, or what you are? So you stream on Twitch, you you do music, you do writing. Well, like, what are you doing present day? What is the Andy Milonakis pie right <clears throat> now?
1: Right now, I'm doing zero music, but it's gonna change. Okay. Um, I'm talking to Blue about getting a blue kiwi which is a fucking really sick mic and i got i already have an apollo it's like a really good interface i got the macbook because i like creating music on a mac so in my in the other room i'm gonna create a little desk with a little mini home studio and i'm gonna start making music again uh probably within the next like week or two um i spend a lot of time on twitch 40 probably like anywhere from like 35 to like 55 hours a week A week, Um,
0: not much i I knew i've watched you a a fair amount on there i don't really watch people because i stream myself and it's yeah you're doing your own thing you can't really but i do keep an eye on you i pop in i see what's going on and i do see you on there but i didn't realize that's a lot i mean you're so you're doing you're saying you're you're doing 100 plus hours a month for sure basically that's you know per week you're doing oh
1: way more than 100 yeah wow um I do want to do a produced travel show. Um, I want to make like a little bit of a reel of my past travel stuff and pitch that soon. Uh, I'd like to do a produced like kind of like cooking show. Those are just little seeds though. Mm -hmm. Um, So right now, you know, the poker thing that I have making poker videos, getting coach, doing coach sessions, uh, doing Twitch. And soon making music again are going to probably be taking most of my time uh, for now. And then in the background, there's a couple of produced ideas that I want to start getting cooking, you know, as soon as possible.
0: That's awesome. And tell me about your your hobbies. Do you What do you do for fun? What's something you just enjoy to collect or, or do that, that's fun for you?
1: Uh, to collect? I really this is going to sound kind of like weird, but I really like collecting bitches. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I, I <laughs> throw it to go I actually wasn't sure what to say. Yeah, I was like, all right. Okay. All right. I want to bait and switch thing. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I As much as making music could be work. I really, really love the process of making a song. The instant gratification of spending just a couple hours on something and then having like a, pretty almost finished project is like really really fun, you know? Right. Um but same with travel. I mean when I'm traveling I'm streaming. Because it's like fun to share sometimes mundane things, you know sometimes mundane things during travel, just like walking around town, going into a couple shops they can be way more exciting with a couple thousand people watching you. You
0: know what I mean? For sure, it's like poker as well. What's the difference? You're live on Twitch. You got four people watching. You got four thousand, but the energy, the it's like the the engagement. the sort of there's something to it, right? It's just <laughs> kind of fun. There's something about it. The room. That's why. In.
1: Yeah, it's like it would be. It seems like stupid to say like streaming is your hobby, right? Right. But <sighs> streaming is something that. If you want to and you can mold it in a certain way where the things that you love to do every day are just on stream, then you're working and you're doing your hobbies at the same time. Like for me, traveling and seeing the world is like my favorite hobby in the fucking world, if you could call it a hobby. But it's also work, right? Right. Same with like, uh, you know, same with cooking. Like I love cooking. I love exploring and trying new recipes. I also do it on stream. It's a hobby, but I'm making money doing it. Uh, And that's, I think, part of like what's good about the dream of like creating content for a living. You could do stuff you love to do, put a camera in front of it and make money on it. You know, for sure. Easier said than done, but you can.
0: Definitely easier said than done. And what about sports? Do you watch sports, play sports? What's your uh, what what kind of sport appetite (laughs) do you have?
1: My sport appetite is I would love to eat some buffalo wings and while they're watching a football game I could be like, you know, looking at my phone on Twitter or just like playing a mobile game maybe. Right.
0: So you do you watch football? You follow along? Do you have a favorite team, players? Do you get into the sport like is it in, are you into it? Do you do fantasy or are you just kind of like you like, you know, you you have a couple teams you root for and that's that's at the extent.
1: My extent is If I'm in a house and sports are on and someone wants to bet money, then I'll be interested in the game. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it has to be like, you know, 10K or something. Someone wants to bet $100 on a game. That will hook me into it. And I hate that that's that's it. I just, I'm not really into it, you know?
0: Right. Fair enough. All right. I was going to, I was going to, I, w- I was curious if you were following this sort of sports card movement that uh, Gary Vee, uh, Lewis Howe, Steve Aoki, these guys, like it, it's getting kind of popular again. I collected when I was a kid and I've gotten back into it. I just, I was, I was hoping you were going to say you were, uh, you were into sports cards. Cause I was very curious on your, your, um, opinion. If you had one or had seen that, have you noticed anything on that or not really? Just don't really. It's not, it doesn't spark you. Doesn't no,
1: I mean, I, w- I would, I used to collect garbage pail kids
0: not sure what that is but that sounds uh maybe there's something there i don't know what that is, is that like cabbage patch kids Look yeah it's that.
1: like a parody of cabbage patch kids in the form of like stickers okay all
0: right i'm gonna i'll check that out um okay well i i, I love the mtv andy monaka story i think that's honestly i think it's so unique it's just so cool especially back you, nice. know, you know for a while ago i just I, I think that's really cool to see that you've uh, you stuck with content and and being creative and and following along the path let's uh let's take some questions because there are a lot and i think i did see a lot of ones that i wanted to ask you um as well so i before we start doing that last one if you could do if you had if you were going to do a travel show what would be the dream format for you like the anthony bourdain show was you know like seems obviously moved you and, and really hit home for you like what would be the ideal show that you would do would it be you would literally fly the world go go to places and and do similar similar type of thing how would you sort of structure it would you have a cameraman like a crew you would just be talking and doing your thing uh would it just be at at restaurants or would it be like a basically reality show filming all the time
1: well i don't really want to tell the actual format because that's something i'm pitching you know what i mean it's not good Uh, not good to tell but basically like anthony bourdain you know I think he paved the way for a lot of people, potentially. I don't want to really bite off him exactly, right. but I do want to make it kind of more a weird or quirkier show because I've seen so many food shows, and they're like serious, talking to the chef. Yeah, this is my passion. This is my blood, and, you know... We started from nothing and we had to get, you know, when we got the first Michelin star. I think it could be looser. I think I see a lot that are kind of very like a mind of the chef talking, eating, being, you know, intellectual and and a little bit pretentious sometimes. Right. I think we could break that wall. Still be serious about the food because – if you just take the food lightly and you're like, yeah, this tastes like shit, you know what I mean? Like, you can't do that, right? You got to, like, be serious about the food. But I think the actual show could be sillier. Maybe being fucking with people, you know, having, like, a cool rapport with people. Like, I want to talk to the chef about his, his start and stuff, but I also want to tickle him and maybe put him in a costume if he's willing, you
0: know? Right, and and put them in an awkward spot. Ask them some stuff, uh, or ask people in the in the in the in the in the venue if they've been there before. You know, or, or yeah, just mess around. And I I could I dig it. I think it. I, I would think you could pull it off. So I don't want you to, yeah. want you to blow up your uh, idea before it gets the fruition. You uh-huh. can say that we we chatted here and uh, got a little sneak peek at it. So let's uh, let's dive in. Let's dive into some of these questions. Uh, we're good on time. We got time for yeah yeah. Sweet. Uh, who is your favorite streamer? you have one that you i mean you probably don't watch too much i would imagine because you're already doing so much but my or favorite stream give, give me a category i guess irl
1: i do like irl i do like people going around traveling because it's like stuff that i like to do Ah. Uh... I don't fucking know who my favorite streamer is. Back, back to it. If I don't were. know if I, I really don't know if I have a favorite streamer.
0: That's fair. That's a fair answer. Um being a comedian and streamer has this pandemic as awful as it is help your viewers on material, are more people home. Um let's take that first part of that. How, how is that How is the How is the COVID affected you specifically and with what you're doing? Has it been been uh, how has it gone for you?
1: Well, n- the ability to not travel—my my Japan trip got kind of ruined because of it. We were—I I was supposed to go with a couple friends to Japan for like a month, and that got ruined. Um, but um, I've been lucky that during COVID, people like a lot of people are like actually losing their jobs, and the fact that that I have the ability to make money from home. Right. I got no complaints about that. As far as the content, it's also helped me in a way too, because a lot of times when I do desktop stuff in between travel, I just look at it as like kind of a nuisance. I got to keep up with the stream and just like I'm not traveling. So I'll just, sometimes I feel like I'm giving my minimum, but since this is like more of a long-term thing, I feel like I've been a little bit more creative of finding games that my chat will actually really like that i could interact with them at the same time uh doing cooking streams coming up with my first like twitch show i feel like i'm pushing myself a lot and it's cool because even when this pandemic is over now in between travel i have a different mindset and a different kind of point of view of like what i can do to stream when I'm not traveling, that will be engaging and fun for my chat. And I don't know if I would have learned that if it wasn't for the pandemic to, to push me to be better at being a desktop streamer.
0: So is it fair to say that with that, although there's it's, a negative thing in the world in general and for you it does shift your plans things that obviously like you mentioned people losing their jobs there's all kinds of serious impacts but for you creatively do you think maybe this benefited you from a perspective of being in one place being focused being being uh, able to have more time to sort of create and think and, and be you know because it's hard when you're on the road it's not the same right you at your computer you're able to kind of have a nice workstation when you're on the road you're on your phone you're not you know it's just different so how, has that been uh, maybe more creative it's family. helped
1: in some ways, I guess, but I feel like the one thing that I toy with when I'm streaming is I don't always feel creative. I, like I'd like to say, you know, it would, It sounds nice to be like, yeah, I stream 55 hours a week. I'm getting a right. good view count. I'm having people that like my streams and enjoy my streams, but can I call it actually creative? Mm. And it's not fair for me to say that it's all creative because a lot of times, even though it's fun doing a flight simulator stream or playing a game or, you know, like a lot of those things are just not that creative. Now, if I was making a song on stream, that's creative. Cooking streams are pretty creative. So that helps, but I don't feel like all my streams are like really always creative and I'd like to, I'd like to somehow get it to a place where it was more creative. Even doing IRL streams, right? Walking around town, if I have like a good back and forth with someone, or if I'm doing comedy bits and interacting with strangers, some of that can be creative, but some of it's just like, oh, Andy's in a store looking around. He's having a beer or going to you know eat a dinner and having a funny conversation. It's not always like the most creative, so I do want to push myself more towards creativity and finding a good balance of that. You know,
0: is there anyone that you've met that makes sense? Have you is there anyone you met while in somewhere doing IRL that you? Because I, I, I've seen some some of the streams I've caught, you're in restaurants or somewhere and you're just kind of hanging out, or maybe a person comes by or next to you and you start engaging with. Is there anyone that you've become friends with or got their info and someone that you met while in IRL that you've hit it off with?
1: Yeah, a lot of people um even a really random story i was in hong kong some some lady cut in front of me and took my taxi and i took the next one and i was lucky because the guy was like this like looking like a hip-hop dude he looked really young like just like and there's a, a meme on twitch where they call people like something andy like just chatting Andy's or 5k Andes. It's just like, it's, it's a hard to describe meme. It's kind of old, okay. but so I, I called him Hong Kong Andy and he goes, how did you know my name was Andy? And he showed me his badge. His name was actually Andy. And then, you know, we changed each other. We changed info with each other. And then the next day I hit him up and he took us to the highest point in uh, Hong Kong and we just became cool like you know i don't I, I don't get to see him a lot obviously but we talk and yeah i made plenty of friends just streaming interacting with people
0: in, in, in that situation, are you live or are you like in the cab, in the cab live and then start yeah. talking with him or like, so does he know who you are right away? And that's no in that or no, he, but, nope. but then do you ask him, Hey, I'm live. Is it okay to talk? Right. Or is that how it works? Kind of, or do you just,
1: yeah, my chat room loved them so much. They, I think they tipped him like a few hundred dollars just while he was talking to me. They're like, give this to the driver. He's cool wow
0: that's that's awesome (laughs) um what about a poker idol growing up like it's a strong word idol for poker but was there someone that you watched like the the high stakes cash show or you know the high stakes poker and 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 or saw some world series of poker characters back in the day is there anyone that you really like wow that's cool or this guy i like how he plays growing up
1: growing up i couldn't say i like how they play because i don't i didn't know anything about poker
0: i'm more their demeanor like any characters or the way they talk they're just like kind of the you know the way they carried themselves did you have anyone of you had, where that you liked in poker before you got into it that you had seen on tv
1: i mean i think doyle brunson is always cool as fuck it's hard not to
0: respect doyle for <laughs> sure
1: um yeah asking uh, who's your caddy i don't know
0: if that do you play golf or did you or do you know this guy or is that a joke i don't know what that means i
1: don't play golf but who's your caddy is a movie i was in with uh big boy from outcast and phase on love and we filmed it in aiken south carolina uh and the first day this was at a time when i was afraid to fly okay. um so i rented a like a, a big truck and my friend was gonna drive me to south carolina from L.A. or New York? From L.A. Oh, wow. Well. And uh, when we got oh, fuck, When we got there, uh, when we were about to leave, I ordered a Segway from Vegas. And my Segway got there the same day we were going to leave for the filming of Who's Your Caddy. And I, I saw the Segway, and I looked at the trunk, and I'm like, this shit could fit. So... <laughs> I just put the Segway in the back of the truck and we brought it to South Carolina. And uh, I'm in this old supposed haunted hotel with this old elevator that has like the, you know, the like metal slide. And like there's an actual hotel operator that that puts the elevator up and down. It's super old school, really long hallways. And I would just be in my room. And I would just dip out of my hotel room with my Segway and I would just put it on the fastest key and I would just like whiz down the fucking hallways of this hotel back and forth as fast as the thing went. I could feel the fucking wind in my hair. And just I was just dipping around South Carolina with my Segway. And this was like probably like two thousand and six, maybe. Oh, so wow. this was like Segways were still kind of a little bit on the newer side. Yeah. Um so that was yeah, that was fun. I got the I got to smoke weed with Big Boy. <laughs> Name nice. drop.
0: That's um, awesome. how, how was that movie? What was that movie like? And and what is your most two parts? How was that? And then what what's your best movie experience you've been a part of?
1: I mean that that was awesome. Just I was a big fan of Outcasts, and uh, he really liked me, and he he invited me to Thanksgiving with his family, and me and Faison got invited to Big Boy's house, and we got to have Thanksgiving with his family. It was really cool. That's
0: and. Awesome. That's pretty, that is fun. I mean, listen, Thanksgiving with people is always fun. It's cool to see their family and it's a very always friendly environment, but yeah, an outcast Thanksgiving, you feel like that'd be like an auction item, right? That just seems like a thing to see. I would love to see that. That was was
1: cool. I mean, yeah, yeah, to invite someone home with your family, like that's, that's definitely respect, you know? Sure. Um, And uh, the best movie experience I had was probably like that was up there, but also I think my favorite one, was Waiting. <gasps> because. Ah, sorry. Waiting was my first movie. It was in New Orleans. There was a bunch of cool actors on it. And. When we weren't on set. We got to just party in New Orleans. And. It was just. Just dope being on my first. Like. Hollywood movie set. Like.
0: That was Ryan Reynolds' one. Is that? Is he yeah, that? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I saw it.
0: I think that's where, That's like the where basically they're showing you what waiters and like food on the floor and they're doing nasty stuff in the food. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that's a disturbing one because that is. I mean, I hope. I don't know. You got to believe a lot of that <laughs> stuff happens. But yeah, yeah. How so? Some that moment. was that was a great that was a great experience.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: That's cool, man. Yeah, those are uh, how many how many different movies have you been on? How many times have you gone on set and location and, and filmed movies?
1: I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of really bad ones that I took just because I'm like, all right, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> for?
0: Been on a, you've been but on a- yeah,
1: I don't know. Maybe like, I don't know. Maybe like ten. Maybe like eight or ten or something like that. I don't even remember. But there's a lot of them that I'm kind of like, not to be mean, but some of them I'm, I don't really like think of as good projects. Like you know.
0: Right. Uh, Do you remember the biggest cash game pot you've won and lost?
1: I don't know. I don't really pay. I don't really. My skill level is still like not that crazy, you know, like. So I I know there's a lot of like people that have money and they just love to be fish and they love to just like throw their money around and like, you know, play in like games where there's like, you know. 10 20 30 thousand dollar hands that's just not me i kind of like playing my skill level so it's probably not that big i think maybe like well people are gonna fault me but like you said that's not big that's a lot of money but like probably like a few thousand dollars right not not like crazy nothing crazy i don't play like crazy high stakes
0: yeah you're you're getting into it you're just starting to kind of get get more serious yeah i want to play
1: high stakes when i have the skill to back it up
0: Right. Not just not to be just, a fucking fish, just, you know. Not just splash around. I got it. Uh best advice, give someone out there, maybe covid tough time right now, something they they're looking to get motivated. Just give me something that's worked for you in your life that you think that's just just like kind of a a something powerful or you know, I don't know, motivation. Give me give me <laughs> kind of something that's like give me something inspirational, Andy. That's what they're looking for in this question. Best advice.
1: Best advice. The best general advice, I think The thing that I see other people struggle with that I don't struggle with as much is letting every comment from every single person in this world affect them way too much. Holding like value like if one of your peers that you really respect and look up to you says something really negative about you or maybe calls you out on something. Maybe that could affect your mood, right? But these, like, basement dwellers who fucking don't know you and just obviously there are no happy or successful people that are spending their time on the Internet constantly just shitting on strangers that just don't exist. Right. So – not only this is not just about trolls but also just like in life the amount of hurdles that people put in front of themselves and like self-inflicted wounds are just there's just so much the the weight on the weight that people put on themselves and the struggle people go through day to day it's just a lot of it is not necessary and I'm not saying the problems are not real but I think if you really just try to compartmentalize things and hold value to things that really matter, like the people that you love and, you know, putting a roof over your, your people's heads, like your family's heads and all the other bullshit. Just like, you know, you have day to day problems, but like instead of letting them blow up and just ruin your fucking mentality and your mental health, just try to really weigh it out and think about how unimportant most things in life are. Yeah. I think you need to be maybe self-aware or sometimes look at like a birds-eye view to just look at the bigger picture and think about how meaningless most of this stuff is. For sure. Um sometimes people struggle with mental health and that's very real, right? Words but on, that was the next thing I wanted to ask you about. But, um, but yeah. regardless regardless of that specifically if you have a mentality change and and really try to embrace how little most things in life matter, I think you can devalue some of the stuff that causes you stress and heartache by just realizing this ain't shit. Who the fuck cares? Like, learn to care less about shit. Right. That's like my general
0: advice. Yeah, I, you mentioned mental health. I, I think in you know athletics, streaming in particular, there is some people get, it's, it's a, it can happen, right? Anywhere can happen, but in particular, it can be lonely. It can be long hours. You can be in a computer. Um, it's, it's prevalent. And as I think we actually met, um, was at that Twitch event, right? That was in, uh, that was at the uh, 2000, maybe 18, and at the Aria we shot. There was that big Twitch stream. Remember that? Yeah. There was a cherry event, and actually, wreckful who rest in peace, he he did he he had committed suicide this year. You know, he was a big time streamer. I don't know if you knew him well or you knew. I mean, you met him. I don't know. Yeah, he was a well. good friend. Yeah. So I mean, that it's a it's a real thing, and and uh, mental health is it's not a joke. I mean, I think that that's something that that's you know, like like you are touching on, people are negative, people are putting out negative energy, but like, it's, it's just not a good thing. You know, it's like, why, why are people doing that? What can we do? Do you have any, anything to, talk, to say in regards to mental health or you know, maybe some advice or, or stuff that you have learned or something to help with that? Because I think at some point everybody deals with call it mental health or not you know depression or feeling down this is something that's normal it's part of life um but some people struggle with it more than others do you have any anything to say on that on that and the issue of mental health and, and anything suggestion wise or things that might help well that's heavy that's a long yeah heavy question. Up on here, but mental health is uh, as well i
1: just I, I, yeah i i i don't think i could really talk on when when you're talking about clinical depression like that's why I tried to make a little side thing about what I was talking about with your mentality, right? Yeah. Cuz there are some things that you can change with your mentality and outlook and and learning to like uh you know lessen the weight of certain comments and stuff like that. But when you're talking about clinical depression, it's a complete different ball game. You know, whether you're on medication, whether you're not on medication, whether you have a chemical imbalance or you're bipolar, this is something that I know very little about. So it's kind of hard for me to speak on. You know, I can't I can't wave a magic wand and just like start knowing about these medical issues. Uh, I think a lot of people kind of miss label depression as this overall thing, like, Oh man, you know, you're down, you know, we got to get you happier. We got to like hype you up to, you know, have a better mentality and stuff like that. Yeah. That, that's irrelevant with someone who's clinically depressed for sure. Not They're going to... through some deep shit, you know, so like, I really don't know.
0: Right. Okay. No, i just was, uh, I was curious if you had, you know, it's just something I feel like within Twitch, within the community there is some you know talks it's one of those things that sort of comes up and there's been some some stuff where i think mental health is uh getting more light it's getting more attention these days people are paying more attention and, and giving it more i don't want to use the word respect but more more uh enlightenment on it i just curious if you ever you know because like for yourself uh some of the deal i think it's just in general people that deal with highs right like olympic like athletes there was a way to gold recently was uh was put out and it's showing about Olympians. I just feel like with actors or people that sort of come into, you know, like yourself, you had, you've, you've hit some massive highs with, with stardom or fame or whatnot. I just feel like it's more, um, it can be tricky when you hit some big highs, right? Cause it's like when you get a show or you get a, you know, a 3.8 million tweet, you know, it's kind of like, kind of like an endorphin rush, right? Like there's sort of a, Uh, a positive like vibe or feeling to that. And it's maybe hard to get back to that point. I just didn't know if that that hit home to you at all.
1: Like, Well, yeah, but without, you know, I, I hate, I hate relying on like phrases and stuff, but like, I, I really do believe that like, without like the lows the highs don't feel good right if everything yeah. was just a static feeling then there's nothing right sure. you yeah. need you need that roller coaster effect now when people when people feel the lows and the highs feel really good and the lows are kind of like grinding and doing things the problem is for the lows some people They're not just, oh, okay, now this is a little downtime, right? The lows feel like they're in the depths of hell and they're fighting their own brain about, you know? And I feel bad for people who struggle with that, you know? Not only – it's not all people with, like, clinical depression. A lot of everyday people feel like when they're on, like, a low point, it feels like like hell to them. (laughs) And – I don't really know exactly what to say to them, but, you know, I think people are very, very hard on themselves. You know, they're way too hard on themselves and, you know, we just kind of like enjoy the ride and hopefully you have your head above water during those lows. And and if not, and I know a lot of people don't, and the people that lost their job or who are struggling through this COVID shit, I feel for them because it must be so stressful I've experienced the stress of like, you know, living month to month and like, (sighs) I have enough. And you're working so hard and just to get your head above water to pay that bill. Just like, ah, I'm working so hard. What do I get for it? Oh yes. Shelter. I paid for my uh, monthly apartment. So man, that, that can wear on anybody. You know what I mean? As far as streamers, I think, A lot of the mental health issues when it's maybe not clinical. um, I think the staring at three fucking lit up monitors every day for 10 hours a day and not having real relationships with people outside and going outdoors and getting sun and going to meet people and, and, learning and growing as a person, maybe do a little travel. I feel like a lot of the mental health starts wearing down from just hermiting that hermit lifestyle. It doesn't matter if you have 10,000 people watching you, if you're staring at a screen and you're doing the same thing every day and you're not actually interacting with humans in front of you and you're not getting sunlight and you're not, you know, growing as a person, I feel like that starts to drain you. And I think people have like this... Weird thing where their battery feels like it's like drained, you know? Yeah, no, I think that
0: that's sort of what I'm. That makes the way you just explained it exactly right. I think that is a that's a real thing, and it's kind of hard too because when you do, you know, you grind, you work hard to get a stream, to get an audience, to build up, and then all of a sudden you hit that point of success. It's hard to just be like, all right, I got a thousand, two thousand, three thousand average viewers every time I go live. All this stuff's coming in, and then it's just like you, as Twitches, it's tough because you have to be consistent. You know, if you take a month off or two. <laughs>
1: They're you sorting. do have to be consistent, but you know what you could do if you have that audience already, get a fucking phone and walk outside and do a stream. Like right. there's nothing keeping you inside.
0: I agree with you. And I think that's, uh, that's the answer. And I think that's one of the, the ways that could help with that a lot. And I think it's, uh, I think it's also, or, you know, you, you do take some breaks <laughs> or you have a schedule and, and you don't do it 24 seven. So, um, yeah. more time than, sorry, I didn't want to yeah, go down sort of a the rabbit hole there, but I, I basically what I. That you you did hit home, I think, on a major point and part of that. Um, sports we covered. Talking about any two for poker. Rapper that inspired you? Any rappers that you really really enjoy or or, or like?
1: Uh, Big L, MF Doom, like Wu Tang. I grew up listening to NWA. I mean, I can't say they really inspired me. If they inspired me, I'd be doing drive bys. You know, right. that movie
0: was <laughs> incredible. Straight out, yeah, of California. yeah, it was great yeah um,
1: um, but yeah okay uh, some poker
0: questions we'll save the poker questions since you're, you're, you're uh, you know that's not you're, you're learning and he's a star in the making in poker guys he's, he's <laughs> gotten in so you'll, you'll see more of him uh, we'll take a few more and then uh, what about stand-up comedy there's someone asking how much do you miss stand-up comedy were you doing a lot of that early on do you still do any of that
1: no I did improv I did improv with Upright Citizens Brigade I I didn't really like doing stand-up comedy. You got to repeat the same joke for like a year. Some stand-up comedians are great at what they do, but the whole thought process of like uh, making do, like gathering bits that work with an audience and fine-tuning uh, a set and repeating that same joke sometimes over a year in a row, I, it just didn't seem like my cup of tea. But yeah. I really like doing improv though
0: very cool yeah that's uh that 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 seems fun when did uh, how did you do that for a set period like where it was every day or every couple times a week How, how into it did you get
1: i was working in it at the time and i uh i would do improv classes after work like probably like maybe up to like three times a week And then I started performing regularly with uh, uh, doing an improv show uh, at UCB. Uh, It was like a a once-a-week show. But it was like a second life, honestly. I was working in IT for like 40 hours a week in Manhattan. Then after my job, after the day was over, I would go to an improv show. Next day, go to an improv class. The next day, I'd go do a coach session with a few people and then we'd go out to like a local bar and hang out like it was kind of like a double life I was kind of getting into this whole comedy world and even at that time I never thought of turning into a career it just seemed like a really fun hobby to kind of like uh, you know to do on the side of instead of just doing the Groundhog's Day go to the subway go to your job go home you know for sure Um, I will
0: take a couple more here and we got, uh, the rapper question about inspiring you and let's see. Um, let's see. There's, uh, some funny questions here. Uh, what would you say is, well, I feel like I already know the answer, but what's the best thing that has happened to you in your, your career? What's the most fortunate or best thing that in your, in your entire career? Uh, to date i i have a feeling what it is but if it's what, what is what is that
1: i mean yeah i guess it has to be my show right because um i did the show for three years it helped give me uh, enough of a name to carry me through some of the years after it was canceled you know um whether it was like appearances working with brands coming on different platforms and having some notoriety like like i said when i was working on jimmy come alive not a lot of people knew me but when they're spending millions and millions of dollars for a show with your name on it with advertisements and all the reruns and stuff like that it really helped give me not the biggest name ever but enough of a name to turn that into something where if I tried different things, I had a little bit of a following and I know it's really hard from people starting from zero to be like, all right, let me go, um, put myself out into the world now. Like give me views. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what, what was that, that definitely, though?
0: what was that like when they, when the show did not continue? Was it one year deals, two year, how long did it run? And like, what happened when they said, Hey, we're going to, this is going to be the last season of this, or, or how did that kind of, uh, go down because that i'm interested on 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 that sort of process like do they give you a warning do they just tell you when the season's up like how does that work? uh
1: we did three seasons um and then after that we just didn't really kind of talk to them for a while and we're kind of like yeah it's done um i don't know <laughs> pretty much that's it
0: that's the way. Okay, and uh, third most tweet is that correct? Is that third most ever? Is that I thought I saw was the third most. inside that you have the third most like tweet of all time. Do you know the what is the most like tweet of all time? You must know. If you're third, you got to know what what's one and two, Andy. How do we get you to one? You might as well go for it at this point. What is the uh, is there like a a tweet? I, I don't even know how you how you know that. Okay, give me this, Andy. This is exciting.
1: Number one and two are both Barack Obama. <laughs> Number three is me. <laughs>
0: Wow, and are those are, are those in reach, or did he just did he just knock it down? Like those are could this? Could this uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a
1: half a million away from number one.
0: Oh, so you you're gonna sink this? This is coming up, man. This no,
1: is- no, no, you don't understand. Tweets after a couple days, they have a shelf life.
0: This is it. You hit your hit. You hit.
1: Yeah, you hit you hit the top in like a couple days, and then tweet peak that's it yeah like, but think about a timeline you know what i mean people aren't being like hmm, let me go back and see what annie milanagos was up to two months ago and be like oh what, what's this tweet you know what i mean like yeah. the, the well, peak is pinned. like two the peak is like two days
0: I, that makes sense although i will say this is bizarre because i you know we we talked about doing a podcast for a while I'm glad. thank you again for coming on yeah I mean, no problem. i saw the tweet and i actually didn't i didn't know about it right away oh because it was I, pinned I said, but yeah, I caught, I saw it. I liked it. I've actually had to like it a few times. This could be, there could be an error. I'm just letting you know. So like the, the I've hit it, I've liked it. And then like when I came back on and came here, it doesn't, it showed that I didn't like it. I'm just saying. Someone,
1: be, a lot of people told me that that happened to my tweet. I'm just letting you know. There could a be, lot of like people a, told me there's some Barack, foul play. I think Barack, Barack is, is paying them off. That,
0: protecting that lead. I'm telling you, bro. I've hit it like five times. It's not a joke. So, yeah. uh, just so you know, man, if, uh, uh, I don't know. Something's fishy going on, Andy. You yeah, my tweet is broken. Something's, something's messed up. All right, let's take one more, and then we'll let you ride off into the sunset. Um, I, let's see. Uh, movie. What's your favorite favorite movie? Is there any movie that you just love?
1: You just oh, favorite? man. I hate these favorite questions. It's it. so it's hard. hard. I, I, Twitter. I know, me. but I, it's I, just so hard. What's your, your, your favorite, favorite movie ever out of All the 10,000 movies you see?
0: seen? That's not going to be our last question. I can't have it go like that. I
1: mean... I don't know. There's eight million movies I like. I I really like Goodfellas. Let's say Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Good answer. Goodfellas. Good <laughs> answer. Um, it's so hard though. What's your favorite thing ever? You're just your brain scrambles into your memory of like every movie you've ever seen. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. It. It. Uh, it uh, there's a lot of poker questions. I don't want to ask you, but that's I said the last one. Even though it's not your favorite, I want to find a question that you love. Give me. All right. How about this? We talked about new projects. You, got, you didn't give us the full deal. You got something in the mix, something going on. Uh, give us, leave us something with, um, leave us something for the, to end the podcast. Tell me something that um, has touched you in a way, like something, either a person you met, a story you heard, something There's you A lot of people of. have
1: touched me, but I don't yeah. know if we want to get into that.
0: No, Andy, come on. That's another. That's another. That's an off-air <laughs> conversation, bro. Over a beer. Give me the. Uh, give me. Give me something like the most. Something that just like really inspired you throughout your career. Just. Just. Just like really meaningful. Um, either it could have been a person or an event that that really sort of. Uh, sort of. You know. Yeah. Touch. Not the right word. That motivated you. Inspired you. Does there anything I mean, honestly, add?
1: Jimmy Kimmel. He fucking made me. He's a super successful guy, who saw some fucking fat weird fucking kid from New York and he didn't only just you know chew me up and spit me out after he played my videos a couple times he saw enough potential in me to make me a regular on his late night show and even after that bring me to fucking MTV to do my own show so it's like how can that not inspire you as someone who's like so big in Hollywood, but actually has like a kind heart that actually cares about the person. It's not just some Hollywood douchebag. You know what I mean? So like. That's pretty
0: amazing. Tell that's me, explain a bit more about Jimmy then. So he saw this. You, do you talk to him still regularly? Is he you consider him a good friend? Like, is he someone like. I still
1: I, talk to him. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's busy. I don't really bother him that much. But I mean, even like even like a few years ago, I had an idea for a show and he goes, I like it. I'll put my name on it. I'm like, OK,
0: cool just got he's got your back that's uh that's very very yeah, he's a
1: really really loyal like dude that you know he's done everything he could for me like point oh 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 one percent of the world i don't know how many percent what the percentage is but to find someone big in hollywood pull someone out of obscurity and actually you know give them what it takes to make a career out of it like yeah. I can't I can't take my hat off to anyone else but that, you know.
0: For sure. And and uh, I just want and also your. I want to ask about your parents uh as from me this is the, we're done with the questions on Twitter. We're going to we're going to wrap up do the $109 giveaway here in a second, but how, how about your parents kind of being a I guess you call it, I don't know how to, how to describe it. A childhood you are a star at a young age. Uh you had your own show. It's easy mm, to get Not that
1: you. yeah, but um Yeah. My father is a hardcore Greek. And he was just telling me when I was taking improv classes, they're stealing your money. Hey, what are you doing over there? You have no business going over there. They're taking your money from you. (laughs) And meanwhile, my mom is like um, a million percent supportive and just like flipping out, you know. And then when I when I actually got the show, my father was like, he doesn't he has this stoic like Greek persona. So he doesn't show it to me. But when I go to this Greek association, his friends come up to me when he's not around. He goes, "Your father told me you got a show." He talks about you all the time, and he brags about you. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, okay, I got you." <laughs>
0: that's awesome. And I see and you, uh. you did cross over. And when I say uh, you got over a hundred million views, I mean that's even probably more because I was on um, Wikipedia saying that's that's a lot of people. I mean, you really are talking about a, a percentage of the of the world. It's it's pretty sweet. And, and when I say young though with money, I mean. You, you know, you weren't like a lot of actors or people, I would say to be in the 20s and y- like you're young, you came into some money. Did you have, were you responsible? Do you think you handled it well? Like looking back, would you have done things differently? Or you, I mean, you just didn't know because it kind of happened fast, right? You get a deal, like a major deal. You sort of overnight get a big check, I would imagine, right? I don't know how exactly it works, but you <laughs> sign a deal, right? That's what happened. They gave you a show and you get paid, right? So like we're, yeah. Eating- equipped to handle that did you at that point have a manager right away or did it take some time to learn the ropes in that sense
1: i don't feel like i really had to learn the ropes was i responsible Mm, not really i think uh i love spending money
0: (laughs) That's the that's, fair that's <laughs> statement. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I, you know, call responsible or not. I guess it depends how you look I, at it. I
1: you. love the ability to make money, and I love working hard for money, but I also love spending it. And I think there's a balance, right? Maybe I'm one extreme, and then there's another extreme. I, I, I think I need to work on going and meeting that situation in the middle. Mm-hmm. But I think people who work fucking hard – bust their ass every day and they save and they save and they save. And now they have a good amount of money for their fucking golden casket. Go fucking live life. I don't give a fuck if I'm living in a studio apartment rent to rent for the rest of my life. Having decades of fun traveling the world and I don't. I'm not buying Rolexes and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I prefer to use my money for experiences. Everybody can spend the money how the fuck they want to. But also, yeah. like I like taking care of people. I like taking care of friends. I like taking care of my family. Uh, it feels really nice to be able to help people out. But I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a big.
0: And you're not making impulse purchases, but you'll, you'll go to nice dinners and travel you're, you're doing experience. Yeah,
1: yeah. And take care of my family when I can, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I, yeah. Was yeah, I responsible and setting up all this money for the future and being like, Oh my God, I gotta, I can I guess I could buy, you know, whole foods, even though it's expensive. I could buy this this week, but then tomorrow I got to make sure I, you know, I don't do like, Yeah. yeah. I got it. I'm with you. We're on the If same I, case. if you know if you want to make me broke now like that's cool. I'm going to continue to work hard. I'm going to continue to make money and I'm going to continue to enjoy my life and spend that money. And everybody could do what they want to do. You
0: know? I love it. I'm going to send you a copy of Bill's book, Bill Perkins Die With Zero. I think you'd really dig it because it's uh, it's 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 a sort of along those lines, and I just think uh, you would enjoy it. So I'm going to get your address and, and ship that over. Do you read books or do you do audio? What do you do? You like? Do you, like, do, you do any reading?
1: Well, I do read non. I like reading nonfiction. I don't really like really reading fiction, but right. I. The only problem I have with books is when I read a few pages and then I'm kind of like thinking of other shit at the same time as I'm reading, and I'm like, fuck, I didn't retain any of that, and I got to go back again. So sometimes audiobooks are nice. If I only do an audiobook if the actual person who wrote that book is narrating it, because then I feel like they're telling me their story. I could hear their inflection, I could hear their voice. So right. I like audiobooks uh sometimes
0: you know I would, I would strongly recommend that but either way uh thank you so much andy i'm gonna on your count someone's gonna win this 109 nine dollar ticket go ahead and you tell me when and we're gonna roll it and someone's gonna parlay this i got a feeling we're gonna hear a story from this so 109 all right so tell me when right now Boom. There it is. A one hundred and nine ticket in the books. Andy Milanakis, I appreciate you so much, man. Really? Hey, no problem. To talk to you, bro. This is a very, very generous. Let's see who this name is. And again, give him a follow on Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, and you do have a YouTube if you want to go back, but you, don't, you haven't been as active on that. Where is that? Where is that the order? Is that right? Twitch, Instagram,
1: Twitter. Uh, I like Twitter better than Instagram.
0: Oh wow! Look at this one. A great question that was asked by Craig. Uh, thank you so much. We're gonna get him that ticket. And again, oh no, yeah, you got it. One, he's won before, and he's won a book. The die was zero copy as oh, well. I was
1: gonna say you leaked his DMs, but I guess it no, just has a PO box.
0: Nothing personal. This guy, he's a, he's a Champ. He's a scholar. He'll be pumped up to win it. So, um, Andy, again, thank you, brother. Appreciate this. It'll be out on all the audio outlets. And good luck with your poker venture. I'm sure. Thank we'll you. Up soon and and thanks again, man. Appreciate it. No problem,
1: bro. Have a good day.
0: All right, guys, that's Andy Milonakis, podcast number 90 in the books. We got more next week. We'll see you guys soon. Big thank you to Andy. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.